Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I am your host, Robin Heppel from FuneralFutures.com. Today we are continuing our pre-conference interviews for the ICCFA annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada from March 19th to the 22nd. Today's guest is Colleen Ellis, who is the founder and president of Two Hearts Pet Loss Center in Greenwood, Indiana, and also the co-chair of the PLPA. Colleen, welcome to Funeral Gurus. Good morning, Rob. Happy to be here. Great. Now, uh, can you just provide a little bit of background uh, about yourself and your company uh, for the folks listening? Absolutely. Uh, actually, let's start with myself, and then I can segue right into uh, the my my positioning and and uh, spot within the ICCFA, or more more uh, what I'll talk about is the PLPA. But um, I'm actually 25 years now into the funeral business. I can't believe I'm telling you that number, but uh, I'm 25 years now in the funeral business, the majority of my career being with Forethought Financial. And about, uh, gosh, I'm going on 10 years ago now, I began to look into the other, the other side of death care, and that was the handling of our four-legged family members. And I began to do some due diligence to, to kind of look around. My precious little doggie was aging. And I wanted to understand if there were operations out there that handled the pets in the same manner that I was accustomed to handling humans when they passed away. And so as I began to do my due diligence, I didn't find any operation that I thought really truly mimicked the the funeral care and the service experience that we are accustomed to in our in our human death care operations. And so fast forward uh, another year, and now my little doggy dies. And my experience with that, which I share every time I, I do a talk, my experience with that was less than what I expected. And, it, and furthermore, even more so, I guess, it was less than what I felt she deserved, and it was less than what I felt I deserved. So at that particular moment, as I had been doing my due diligence on the date of her death, that, that business of a pet funeral home was born and was ready to be launched. And in August of 2004, uh, my business partner and myself opened up the, the United States' first standalone pet funeral home. The minute I opened that business, I knew that, that I'd found my calling. I knew that I was in a, in a space and in an area that I was incredibly passionate about, um, not only from the service aspect, but it's really what I just said to you, Rob. It's really about the experience aspect. I knew that there were pet parents like myself who wanted to honor their pets and wanted to give them the same dignity and respect in death that they were giving them in life. And so, yeah, I found my calling and I found my passion and and now I spend my entire time consulting. I I sold that business years ago and I sold it at a time where the demands on myself and my consulting were starting to really escalate. And so I spend my entire time now working with operations who either want to start pet loss services, or maybe they've had a pet loss operation for a few years and they're ready to rebrand that operation and to, and to answer the changing needs and the changing demands of our pet parents and our pet care professionals. So not only do I help them through their business aspect, the other side of my business is that I uh, happen to, to go through all of Dr. Alan Wolfelt's courses at the Center for Loss, got certified in, in grief and companioning. And what I actually had Dr. Wolfelt do was specialize my grief and companioning so it really dealt with the pet aspect. And so I, a couple of years ago, received the first companioning certification from Dr. Wolfelt specializing in pet loss and grief. And so now I teach those courses across the U.S. and Canada, not only within the death care profession, 
but also within the veterinary care profession as well. And I spend a lot of time educating folks on, you know, how deep that grief is because the human-animal bond has gone through some major, major changes the past few years with baby boomers empty nesting, the pets are becoming the new children, medical care and other pet product services have, have really increased, and so it's only natural that those would increase in death as well. And then, Rob, I'm really happy to tell you that um, I also have a lot of print out there, and my book just hit the market a few months ago, at Parents, A Journey Through Unconditional Love and Grief. And so I really like to handle all aspects from the business consulting to really working with people who've experienced the loss or helping people who work with people who've experienced the loss. So given all that, given my background, given my, my passion and and what my uh, my daily mission and my daily work is, I went to ICCFA a few years ago, and they have fully, fully embraced this whole pet death care concept and creating an experience for a pet parent when their pet passes away. They fully embrace the concept, and I've actually been a speaker on their circuit for uh, for about eight or nine years now. So when I went to them a few years ago, I said, you know, I think it's time that we create an association uh, within the ICCFA or a committee, I, I guess is what they actually call us, create a committee that deals specifically with pets and deals specifically with those who are providing pet loss services and ask them to, uh, to consider this. And uh, boy, it didn't take them but a few seconds and they said, absolutely. We think it's needed too, and, and let's uh, let's put together what we need. So um, as I was getting ready to hang up that phone on that initial conversation with Joe and Linda Bozinski, I said, okay, great, thanks, guys, I appreciate it, and uh, let me know how it goes. And they said, oh, gosh, hold the phone a minute. You know, this is yours, and you understand this, so we need you to take it, and we need you to chair it. And I knew at that moment that I also needed, that I wanted, not needed, but I wanted to have another very, very large name in the industry join me, uh, and that's Bill Remkes with Hinsdale Animal Cemetery and Crematory up in the Chicagoland area. Mm-hmm. And so I immediately made a phone call to Bill Remkes. I asked him to join me, and here we are, getting ready to head into our third conference at the ICCFA meeting. And boy, I can tell you from that very very first time I talked at ICCFA eight or nine years ago, and I had just a spattering of people in that room, that uh, we've now grown to filling a room full of people who are too interested in, in hearing about pet loss services and what they can do to help their community. So that kind of gets you up to where we're at here in the uh, in February of 2012, and uh, we're very, very excited as we prepare for our third conference in our third track under the ICCFA uh, main convention, and we've got just a phenomenal lineup of speakers and are very, very excited. So now, Colleen, before we go into um, talk about your specific presentation, which is sales, it's not a dirty word, which I think is, it's it's a great title, and... um, what can like so there's there's going to be folks that are attending attending the convention uh there's uh there's your following for sure that are coming just for the PLPA track and um but what can maybe others who are just um you know they're they're maybe new to that or they've they've obviously heard about pet loss and and that what what could they expect if they're kind of a first time uh attendee um what can they see from the pet side? Well, you know, first of all, let's talk about what can they see from the pet side. And first of all, what they can see from the pet side is some very, very interesting sessions on virtually all aspects of their business. So 
from sales, it's not a dirty word, and how do you get out and spread the word among your community to a presentation being done by John Remkes on how to handle problem cremations within your business. You know, a lot of times as I go in and consult with businesses, one of the things that I hear is that the machines possibly are not as efficient as they can be. And I tell you what, John Remkes is an absolute subject matter expert on Efficiencies, efficiencies of machines based on the makeup of a body of an animal. It's the most fascinating session that you'll attend. So we've got everything from the business aspect in, in how to really make sure that you're doing what you need to do. How do you make sure that your your team is, is doing what they need to do from a service aspect? Bob Jenkins is going to speak on that topic for us. All the way up to how do you make sure your, your machines are running efficiently? And then, because we are caregivers, much like our human counterparts that are dealing with, with families experiencing loss, we are also experiencing our own our own caregiver burnout because we give of everything we have as well too to those pet families and so we've actually pulled somebody in that's going to do a presentation on caregiver burnout and how can you help yourself so that you can still be healthy you can still do what you need to do so that you can be there to help those families so it's going to be a, 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 a setup, a tract, if you will, that is really going to cover A to Z on everything you need to know about daily running of your business. Now, given the fact that these sessions are only an hour, is it going to be something that you can take back and, and it's really going to create everything you need within your business? Probably not. You may need to fill in some blanks after you leave with giving some folks a phone call, getting some additional information. But, boy, there's going to be things that, that people can take back. They can immediately make application to their learnings that they have within, within these tracks and these sessions and then begin to fill in the blanks based on their own unique needs and their own business needs. So it's, gonna, it's going to be a very good high 35,000-foot look at all aspects within a pet loss operation. Well, well, that's great, and and I, I'm just guessing, that, but there's also that kind of networking too. That you're have there's this bit of a like subgroup or subculture there. The um, you know the pet loss folks, and just being able to be amongst you know some of your same people from various parts of the country. You know, Rob, I, I'm sure you've heard this statement just like I have heard it a thousand times. You know, the sessions, I don't care what kind of conference you go to, but the sessions are always really good. But, boy, that learning a lot of times comes from around the, uh, the, the lunch table or around a cup of coffee or sharing in a glass of wine at night. So that networking, again, I'm, I'm very, very proud of the sessions we have, but I can't stress enough how important the networking aspect is and being in a position and being in a building where everybody that's there is facing the same types of business challenges you face, they face the same types of business opportunities you face, and they're wonderful, wonderful times to sit down and say, share with me how you handled this. Share with me maybe what I can do a bit differently here. And you've, you've got, whether it be our, our speakers or it be our, our association members who are all incredible business people, or gosh, even turning to our suppliers and saying, Hey, can you help me? Sh can you help me merchandise my room? How can I make that work better for me? Or possibly, if I don't have a showroom that I'm I'm showcasing memorialization products in, how can I make that look a little more appealing on my website or in a book that I give to a veterinary clinic? So that networking, I, I just I can't say enough about it. I can't stress enough how important it is to come and to be with your peers and and to learn from them, to grow with them 
to be challenged by them, to reach out and find a mentor that, that you know, Bill Remkes, for instance, my co-chair, I say, this, I say this all the time, and he chuckles right along with me, Bill Remkes has forgotten more about the pet death care industry than many of us know. He, he's a wonderful mentor, a wonderful mentor to say, tell me how you handled this. Tell me what I can do to be better here. Tell me what challenges or, or what things you did. I know there's some things that that Bill's trying to change in his business right now that, you know, with, with putting so much emphasis and so much detail on veterinarians, he's saying, you know what, it's really the pet parents. We need to go to the pet parents and give them the opportunity to, to have these experiences. So the question I would ask Bill Remkes if I was in another part of the country is, tell me how you're doing that, because I want to do the same thing. So the networking, I, I shout it from the mountaintops, Rob. It is so, so vitally uh, important in, in such a huge, huge aspect of any conference, whether it be the ICCFA conference or any other conference you go to. It's, it's just it's key, and it's, uh, it's the main, I think it's one of those main benefits that you walk away from that you got to learn from others. Awesome, and uh, yeah, I, I totally concur. Now, um, let's let's talk about your your presentation because I, I think it I think it's great, and also too I think, um, and I'll ask you if you don't if you don't uh, mention it in the overview here, but uh, the kind of the unique part of how you're kind of you're you are dealing with the pet parents, but uh, also too part of of which is different than regular you know human death care is uh, dealing with the the veterinarians and and so um and i think you know this but your 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 topic isn't um isn't new to the industry because a lot of funeral directors themselves aren't uh um you know they cringe at the word sales and that you know they would say that they're not a a salesperson and and uh and i'm sure that the same caring empathetic people who enter pet loss um are probably in that same state of mind. So how are you going to help them change that? You know, I, I think probably the majority of our society, Rob, when you say the word sales, they either cringe or they, they, they automatically throw both palms in your face and say, oh, I am not a salesperson. Let's get that straight right now. You know, and if you, if you ask a lot of people and said, did you ever think when you got out of college that's what you were going to go do? It just is one of those things that people automatically, for whatever sad reason automatically have a, a, a negative interpretation of that word. And so the pet loss industry, we're, we're the same way. And I use that word sales because you're exactly right. There is another component within our industry with the veterinarians that we've got to make sure that we educate them on our services because they are many a times the pivot point for that family when that family comes in for that, that final day and, and euthanasia occurs and they're standing in front of the veterinarian and saying, now what do I do? And so we do have to educate our veterinarians. Now, the veterinary clinic is not unlike any other business out there where they've got a very, very strong gatekeeper out front who is blocking any person like myself from coming in and talking to the veterinarian and educating them on a new service. So the, it, many times it's, a, it's a, a source of frustration where people say, gosh, I just hate that whole thing because I just can't get in, I can't get to the gatekeeper, I can't get through the gatekeeper, I can't get to the decision maker, and so therefore I get frustrated so I go home and I just don't do anything. And so that's a it's a it's a problem all over. And, and and I'm not speaking to anything that's new within our industry. I'm sure every industry faces that. 
but I, much like yourself, I believe, I absolutely thrive on sales. I thrive on educating people about the services. I thrive on educating people about what I can do for them to help them be better. And trust me, anytime that I go in and have a discussion with somebody, it's always I'm always tuned into that radio station, WIIFM, what's in it. <laughs> And so as a, as a sales trainer and as a person that wants to do this session on educating, it's how do, we, how do we turn around our thought process and say it's not about my rhetoric, it's about what's important to you and how I'm going to help you be better. And, of course, the veterinarians are not unlike anybody else out there. They're always going to want to talk price. They're always going to want to talk what it, what's it mean for them as far as income and all those sorts of things. So with my session, sales is not a dirty word. It's, it's giving people some skills and some techniques that they can go back and instead of being, instead of maybe putting themselves into a role of being a supplier or a vendor, that we can begin to shift those discussions so that we can put ourselves as pet care professionals, we can put ourselves in the role of a partner, a specialist. You know, veterinarians are not adverse to sending clients on to specialists when they know that the, the scope of the medical issue is outside of what they can do. And so they're quick to send them to a heart spe- specialist or, a, or a, 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 you know, a torn ligament specialist or whatever the case may be. We as a profession have got to put ourselves into that same field as to being specialists. It just so happens that we specialize in death and we specialize in companioning of families so that the financial reward for the veterinary clinic is that that family, when they are ready to open their heart again to adopt, that family will go back to that clinic and start that process all over again. Interestingly enough, and this is going to be a huge, huge component of my presentation, Rob, is that within the veterinary industry, 20% of a veterinary clinic's clients will not return to a clinic, and it's solely based on the fact of how the death care process was handled. So our role as an educator is to help a veterinarian see I can stop that 20% because it's a heck of a lot cheaper to keep a customer than it is to go get a new one. So we've just got to, got to get our profession and our, and our group educated on how can you be confident to go in there and to handle those objections, to handle that educational delivery so that at the end of the day, the person that needs this information most and the person that's going to benefit most, which is the pet parent, is given what they need, what they want, and what they deserve. Well, well, that's great. Now, Colleen, let me just drill down a, a little bit more, just, you know, because uh, some of the people listening are, are probably, this is still really new to them. So is there, what what specific, you know, couple things have um, have you found to be, especially when you're trying to, you know, make that relationship with the vet because, you know, at first you, you could be seen as a competitor and, um, uh, is there anything specific or even maybe even do you have a, a case study or, or a story that you could share of, um, kind of changing their mind through education on becoming, um, uh, you know, really positive to, you know, pet, pet care professionals. You know, Rob, there's probably there's probably no deeper and no more no more stories that I feel convicted about and, and can share than my own stories of what I had to deal with. And as I paint the picture of, of that new business that I started nine years ago, and it was the first of its kind in the United States. Another reason that it was the first of its kind in the United States is that I did not have a pricing structure where veterinarians 
were uh, were put in a position that they could make money off of my services, okay? And whether it be that it was in a referral fee or the fact that I had a wholesale pricing that they were able to market up to whatever price they wanted, I, there was there was nothing in that. And the reason I did it that way is because the only thing that, that I knew, the only industry that I knew when I was creating that that pet death care operation was the human death care operation. And I equated it to a, a doctor at a hospital and a funeral home and what that partnership looks like, what that, what that relationship looks like. And I, as I've said to many, many people, I know that when my dad died at the hospital, it wasn't the doctor who brought me the casket book or the urn book or, or the, the service book. It wasn't the doctor who did that. that. That hospital, that doctor sent me on to the next professional, and it was with that professional, the death care professional, that I was then to create the, the ritual and the service and the memorialization products that I needed for me, and that person was trained to do that. So... What made me unique and what made me different was the fact that I didn't have that that type of a pricing structure with a veterinarian. What I was there again to do in my in my delivery of my educational presentations is I was there to be their partner. I was there to provide a service that was going to get the, the family the experience that they wanted so that they looked at their veterinarian and said, wow, my veterinarian cared enough to send me to the very, very best and got me over here. So as I talk, and, and again, speaking from experience in a, in, a, in a year where I was very, very frustrated, uh, and this is the very first year of my opening, I had come off a forethought where I had numerous sales awards and uh, considered myself to be a very accomplished salesperson and then jumped into an industry where I was getting asked to leave veterinary clinics. I was getting asked to never come back to veterinary clinics. I was, I was being, being met with such resistance that I thought I can't go on with this. But I stayed the course, and, and I'll never forget one veterinary clinic right here in the Indianapolis area that I had been into that clinic probably once or twice a month for at least a full year had assisted numerous families out of that clinic, had always followed up with the veterinarian with the family satisfaction survey that I would always send to the family afterwards, and then I would deliver that to that clinic so they could hear in the family's words why my services were so beneficial to them. And Rob, I got to tell you, it was almost a year to the day, and that veterinary clinic called me proactively and said, we're ready to talk to you in detail about your services. And so I asked them, I said, gosh, I've been in here for a year now, almost every other week. What, what now? And the comment that she made to me resonated with me, and I knew it. I knew it in my heart, but I had to hear it with my ears, and then it had to go to my head. And what she said to me was, I had to see if you were real, and I had to see if you were going to be consistent with the delivery of your service. And so whenever I train somebody in this aspect of sales and educating their community on services, I always talk about two words. And the two words that I believe are the key to a successful marketing and sales venture with, with educating veterinarians in particular um, is, the, is the two words persistency and consistency. So we've got to be persistent with our sales calls, persistent to a manner that, that we're not being a pest, but persistent because we are delivering good, solid, valuable information, whether it be information about grief, pet parents and grief, whether it be information about a new product we have, whatever the case may be. So every time that we make a sales call, we're dropping off something of value. We have something of value to talk about. We're building those relationships, and then they're, they're seeing that we're going to be there for them. We're going to be consistent, and we're going to be, we're going to be there when they need us. And so it's just making sure that we walk the walk and talk the talk. The second thing that I really, really talk to people about, we go out to educate veterinarians, 
is making sure that their value offering is exactly where it needs to be. Because if you're just another mousetrap, then you're going to be just another mousetrap. I need you to have something that when you go in and make those sales calls, that you can say, I'm the only one in the area that does these things. I always challenge the groups that I work with, I want you to tell me your five onlys. I want to hear your five onlys. And they have to be things that can't be disputed. So if you say we care more, well, you know what? The guy down the street says we care more. What's the things that you do that are your onlys that are going to give you that, that opportunity to talk about something different and something that can fit into their radio station of WIIFM? Well, that, <clears throat> Colleen, that's awesome. And, and just I think it's just a great um, overview of um, both your story and then also the bigger p- picture. And, and I'd just like to take this time to uh, thank you for doing everything that you do and, and really – um, expanding how um, you know, people in death care can provide that to um, you know that level of service to other members of the family and and uh, you and and your team at uh, with the P, uh, PLPA have have just been awesome and and uh, so just you know on behalf of uh, everyone else just job well done and and I know that you're not done yet so. <laughs> <laughs> This is what we've got a lot to do. I know you and I were talking right before our broadcast started, and it's just, but I don't look at it as challenges. I look at it as opportunities that we have and opportunities that we have to make a difference and opportunities that we have to be better and to do better. And so I'm I'm very encouraged about our, our upcoming forecast. I'm very encouraged about our sunny future. I'm very encouraged by all of that. And I'm also encouraged by the work that the PLPA team has done. We've got an amazing, amazing association. We, uh, in a very, very short amount of time, released our standards and, and ethics of business practices that took a uh, took a, a committee of a very long time to come together with, but, you know, they all put, uh, many of them had to put some of their, their own thoughts and their own agenda, agendas aside and came together for the better of the entire association. And I got to tell you, we've got people that are saying, you know what, I believe in this. I'm going to operate like this, and I know I'm going to face a little bit of resistance because it is a change, and you know how sometimes our, our uh, human nature handles change, but by gosh, they have, uh, have done what they needed to do to, to do the better for the industry and to do the better for their pet parents and their businesses. So, again, I'm very encouraged about a very bright, sunshiny forecast that we have ahead of us, and I think uh, at the convention coming up in March, you know, not only hearing about all the work that the PLPA has done, hearing about all the work that the PLPA is going to do, but also seeing some of the things that we've done to increase awareness of uh, standards and ethics and, and you and I were talking about this particular scenario in New Orleans, you know, where there was a, a bit of a pet cremation scandal that happened down there. And uh, a few people from the PLPA, myself included, and John Remkes and also Paul LeMasters will be going down there to uh, do a three-hour presentation with all the veterinarians in Louisiana about how they can be better and how they know how to, d- to do better as they do due diligence on a pet crematory. So we've, uh, we've got a lot of work ahead of us, but again, I'm very, very encouraged about a uh, very sunshiny forecast. Well that's, um, well, that's awesome. Now, Colleen, before I let you go, any, any final thoughts? You know, 
I, I'm encouraged to see everybody uh, down at uh, in New, in uh, Las Vegas and and come. You know, listen. If you're still exploring this whole topic of pet loss and and adding a pet death care operation to your existing enterprise, come talk to some of our folks. I know, in particular, again, that's a, a, a consulting that I do, and I'm excited to work with people who are exploring this and and um, my. I, you know, I'm very, uh, I'm very proud of the customer base that I have and the folks that have achieved great success based on my guidance and, and mentoring. And, and, but there's others within our association that also have done beautiful things and, and have great success stories as well. So come learn about it. I think one of the things that I, I get most frustrated with is people who say, I'm just going to add a pet loss operation to my existing business, but I'm not going to give it any focus. I don't care if I ever serve a family. I'm, I'm going to have the machines, and that's the, the biggest value add that, that I think I need for my business. That's doing your pet parents a huge disservice. And in the long run, that will do some brand damage, too, because pet parents like myself will know that you're just doing it, um, you know, and you don't have your heart into it, and it's not really about providing an experience for me. It's about adding it as a revenue to your to your main enterprise. So I encourage you to look at it, do it right, because if you do it right, you, you won't only create a satisfied family, but you'll create a loyal family. And in our today in today's age where social media, you know, with, within a minute it's not marketing one to one anymore, it's marketing to the world. And within a minute I can shout from the mountaintops, good or bad my experience with you. And so I encourage you to really dig down deep, understand what providing a good, solid business uh, model looks like with pet loss, but also understanding what type of experience is it that a pet parent family wants, because that's what they're going to be looking to our pet care, our death care professionals for, is the creation of that experience. And we're beyond the service economy, we're beyond the product economy, and we are solidly into the experience economy, and that's what pet parents want. Well, Colleen, this has been great. And so I'd like to thank Colleen Ellis, who is the founder and president of Two Hearts Pet Loss Center in Greenwood, Indiana, and also the the co-chair of the Pet Loss Professionals Alliance. And she's going to be presenting sales. It's not a dirty word. Plus overseeing the entire uh, PLPA conference. And I encourage you to attend the ICCFA annual convention that's going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada from March 19th to the 22nd. For more information and registration details, visit www.iccfa.com. Check back soon for another ICCFA pre-conference interview. On behalf of FuneralGurus.com, this is Robin Heppel.